This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Every once in a while, Dave and I like to reminisce about a particularly fine day we've had on the river. It's a good reminder of why we like to fly fish. It's a good reminder that we occasionally catch fish. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I mean, honestly, we could do a whole series of less than stellar days on the river, but who would want to listen to those podcasts? Yeah, probably not too many people. (laughs) You know, we share these fine days to try to remind ourselves and you what it is about fly fishing that brings us joy. And we hope that it increases your longing to get out there on the river. Today we want to talk about a float trip we took on the Lower Madison River a couple summers ago with our friend Toby, the owner of Fins and Feathers Fly Shop near Bozeman, Montana. Dave, what was your first memory of that day? The first memory was the first mile, which was very, very slow. And I remember... It wasn't Miracle Mile, was it? No, it wasn't Miracle (laughs) Mile. It was Slow Mile. And I wondered why we were even fishing that stretch of river Uh, I don't know the area like you do, but that first mile, I didn't, there was nothing. And I'm thinking, okay, we've just, you know, I don't know how many miles the float trip is total. Um, Maybe six, seven miles. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, okay, so we're we're done with a sixth of this trip and we've not even had a strike. So uh, my first memory was, um, was this sense of, oh my gosh, we're spending all this money. It's going to be one of those days. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I remember... I think my first memory was being disappointed that we were going to fish the lower rather than the upper Madison. And we, we ended up floating from Warm Springs to Gray Cliff. Warm Springs is actually where you and I part to walk upriver to, to fish in the bear trap. Yep. But but I, you know, I, I've driven by that stretch, I mean, dozens, maybe hundreds of times. It, uh, it actually flows right along the highway yeah, for a it while. it does, really from Black's Ford uh, all the way up to uh, Warm Springs. Well, we fished Warm Springs down to Black's Ford and then down to what's called the Gray Cliff Takeout. And, and I was kind of disappointed. I really hadn't floated, at that point, I really hadn't floated the Upper Madison much. And, and I just think it's a beautiful stretch anyway with those snow-capped peaks. And, and, but, but Toby said, you know, we're going to have a better chance on the lower. And I thought, well, you know, I've driven by this. I've seen it. But... I think I was really struck by the beauty of that stretch of river. Yeah, I had driven by it dozens, hundreds of times, but now I saw it from a different angle, and I saw it at a slower pace. And and even though we, we didn't catch fish that first mile, um, and, and, and I noted that too. I mean, there was some frustration in that, but I thought, wow, this is this is really cool. This is beautiful. It was There was a little bit of wind that day too. It yeah, wasn't was. a ton, mm-hmm. but there was a little bit of wind that day. And um, what, what was the actual time of year? It was in August, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was late August. Yep. Uh, yeah. So the river was lower. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I made, you know, maybe yep. out of... And the inner tube hatch was, was pretty much yep. done. Yep. Yeah, that's a popular stretch for people to uh, float on their inner tubes and uh, sometimes you drive that road in the summer and and you just look over and there's I mean I've seen I've seen up to 75 80 um, you know tubers going down that stretch and coolers and and I'm thinking man I hope they realize this is a rattlesnake infested 
area. <laughs> yeah, you 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 take out at any point along that river, and you'd be you better be aware of those oh, yeah. snakes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's probably why you just didn't want to fish it because you have this memory of all the inner tubes on there. And actually, <laughs> yeah. it was that season. It was just a little bit later, though. Wasn't yeah, it was about it a week was. or two? Yep. Everybody was else. It was, was back. It was late enough. Was back, that school uh, back had at started. school. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. But we had some great memories that day. Uh, really good memories. I, I finally I tied into a, a really nice uh, brown. Turned out to be an 18-inch brown, but this big hunchback and uh, caught him on you know n- nymphing and uh, man, that was a blast. That that put up a fight and it's in this beautiful canyon section. And, you have a picture of that thing? Yeah, I do. I do somewhere. In fact, Toby even took one that day. He was playing around with this little Polaroid camera so he could get the pictures to us instantly but I, I took one with my uh, cell phone as well yeah that was a really nice brown trout the hunchbacks um are different than the big hooked jaw they're just yeah, different yep. you know they've got that um that arch in the back yep. it almost looks like a mountain in the middle of their oh, back i know it. and when they really get big that thing mm-hmm. is so pronounced oh it really was so that was that was a ton of fun what I remember about that day was the conversation with Toby. We talked a lot about what is it like to be a fly shop in Bozeman, Montana. You know, if you've ever been out there. Yeah, and you're interested in that since your your work is marketing. And, it is. Uh, is it how do you position, um, you know, a fly shop when there are a thousand others just yeah. like you? Now there's not mm-hmm. a thousand there, but there's probably ten fly shops in that area. Oh yeah. And so yes, there's a lot of river and there are a lot of people that come during certain times of year, but you have to build a brand, you have to build a story, you have to build uh, a following, you have to, and to do that, mm-hmm. you're competing with yep. these other fly shops. And Toby's shop is not as big as some of the other fly shops in right. the area. So we had a lot of good conversations about that. But one of the things um, that we talked about as we were uh, floating down the river was he would use the phrase buckets. He says, see that bucket over there? He said, you know, cast your fly over there. So we would drift the fly over what he called buckets. And I interpreted a bucket just to be a place where he knew there were big trout because he had floated it so many times. And there was some sort of structure under the water that created a pool underneath the current and um, and he was dead on. He'd say, you're, yeah. you're too far out. Come on this side of the bucket. Sure enough, I'd cast out there. And I, <laughs> you, it would, you'd get a hit, right? You'd get a yeah. strike. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was just a great, great day. It was a great day of learning. You know, Toby's very mm-hmm. educational. Yep. He keeps going back and forth, helping you. Okay, you know, I remember a couple times he would say, okay, wait, wait, wait. So you would cast your line, let's say, on the left side of the drift boat, and he'd say, okay, wait, 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 mend it, mend it, mend it, wind it, mend it, hold it, hold it, hold it. So the, he's just guiding you. And I tell you what, it was just a great day of learning. So oh, my memory was. was kind of the yeah. schooling that he gave me, uh, understanding the river, again, reading the river, yep. and then also some techniques on on mending as you're in a drift boat. Yeah, he is so good. I, I mean, reading reading that water, that's a, that's a tough stretch of river. I mean, it's, it's wide. You can't. Some rivers you look at and you say, "Oh, yeah, there's the obvious run to fish." But in that stretch, it's just a wide river, and you know, if you look at it, you might say, "Well, okay, there's five places, uh, you know, from this bank to that bank where the current seems to be moving a little faster." But you know, what do I do? Fish all of them? And he just knew, just knew where those fish were. And I think too, tying on flies. I mean, good night. He did that with the speed of a calf roper. It was. Boy, uh, he was. Yeah, it was frustrating. It's like, man, if, if I could do that 
that quickly uh, when I'm when I'm fly fishing on my own, uh, it sure saved myself a lot of time. I could I could spend a lot more time with my fly on the water. <laughs> well, let me contrast that experience with a guide, um, with a guide that my two sons and I used about three or four years ago up in Wisconsin. So this time we were walleye fishing and not trout fishing. And you know there are times when I will um, I will cross over to the dark side and do some bass fishing or pike fishing oh. or walleye fishing. <laughs> you purist, yeah. you. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but Nothing we, um, that. so Corey and Christian, I took them up with spring break. My wife and our two daughters were down in Tennessee. And so I said, hey, let's go up to Wisconsin. And I don't know, you know, the river's up there. I don't have a boat. So I hired this guide and we had used him before. And my son, sons had had a bad experience before, but this time we were out uh, fishing in a boat in front of this dam. And so this guy took the best spot in the boat. And I, I think he, he You mean the guide? The guide, oh, yeah. Oh, my word. And he, and he, no and he started fishing in the middle of it. Oh, my And goodness. so he go, here, let me show you. And then he grabbed the rod. And he, literally, uh, he caught probably five times more wow. fish than we did. Oh, that's And by the ridiculous. end of the... <laughs> You know, and I'm trying to be gracious, you know, I just don't want to cause conflict. And Corey, my youngest, just had a bad attitude. Yeah. And from the moment we got out of the boat to the time we actually, he dropped us off back at the gas, gas station back off of Interstate 94, Corey was just, he was just angry. But it, it was a horrible yeah. experience. And we've always yeah. said that the great guides, you know, if you want to be a guide, and if you love fly mm -hmm. fishing, you probably should not be a guide. Yeah. Because it's about <laughs> serving and well, service really and meeting yep. the needs of your client. It's really hard to do. Yep. And so back to Toby. Toby just did a great he job. He is good. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's one of the best. His, his whole staff is really good. there's so many really good, good fly shops in Bozeman and other great guides in Bozeman. Um, and Toby is one of the best there. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, we had some frustrating moments. And uh, uh, Dave, I hate to say it, but it seems like you were right in the middle of uh, a lot of those. <laughs> so <laughs> you want to confess? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I think at some point Toby's going to, uh, you know, when I when I call him up and say, "Hey, we'd like to do a float," he's going to say, "What was your name? I, I don't remember you. <laughs> yeah, I think we're too yeah, busy." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, in the middle of the afternoon, or actually towards the end of the day, he he said, "Hey, Dave, let me. Why don't you try this? Uh, this it was the Orvis H two, I think." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which and, is the which is a top of the line. Yeah, it's very about expensive. Eight hundred dollar rod, rod yes, nine hundred dollar uh -huh. rod. So we're um, so and I hook into this really really nice rainbow. Yeah. And and I fought the thing and we had actually beached the drift boat. So I was fighting it while we were sitting on this little sandy outcropping yeah. on, in the river. Mm -hmm. And the and the fish darted underneath the boat. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I obviously was, my technique was really bad. I didn't keep <laughs> the tip up, which in that moment I probably should have. So I played him or, poorly. Yeah, or drug him to the side. Or drug yes. him to the side. Mm -hmm. I did everything wrong. If only right? we would have listened to our podcast yes. about how to land big fish. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't out yet. Yeah, so. exactly. So how could I have known that? <laughs> That's right. So, so the thing darts under the, under the boat and snaps the rod in half. <laughs> so there's this long pause, silence, right? And Toby, I know he, he's thinking, you know, I'm not, you know, he's talking to himself. Don't, don't get mad. Don't yeah. get mad. You know, serve the client, serve yes. the client. And he did. And he was he growing. Was, he, oh, he, he was, was so gracious. He was gracious. Yeah. So, uh, so I went back to my rod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Snapped off the, the Orvis I H2. Know. Well, and I have to give you credit for this because probably my frustration was 
that I, I just didn't have the touch that day like I did a couple days before when we were on the Wyoming Bighorn. Man, it, it just seemed like I was on that day. Yeah, you know, and you every had day was a, a strike, day. boom, I would set it. But but I, I felt like that day, I mean, Toby got us into great some great fishing and, and a lot of strikes, but I just missed him. So probably the reason that you broke your rod was you actually caught more fish than I did that day. <laughs> well, there's this one great photo uh, that he posted on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was in the middle of the day. I caught this nice rainbow, and I was trying to grab a hold of it. And the thing, you know, I, I should have kept the fish in the net and not try to take a, you know, a photo. But yeah. I got the thing out of the net, and I had it so tight around its girth and I, it should have had it around its wrist, you know, the back. Yeah, part because of it was trying to jump. It was out trying of your to hands, jump right. out. I couldn't get a hold of it, so I finally just grabbed it and said, "Take a picture." And he posted that on Facebook, and somebody—I'm <laughs> uh, sure it was one of his, you know, his his fishers that that fish with him, you know, posted. Yep, there's the death grip, <laughs> and I had it just around its girth. You could just see me grimacing, yeah. trying to keep that thing from squirming out of my hands, but it was probably too uh, tight of a grip so uh, well and that's toby getting back at you for yeah, breaking totally. his rod yeah okay this is the worst <laughs> fish i have of dave i'm gonna post it on facebook exactly. <laughs> well final memories of the day uh, i guess for me I, I i remember i caught only six but they were all 16 to 18 inches including that hunchback brown and i caught another 18 inch uh, really fat rainbow so i i mean i was happy i mean six fish you know isn't a lot for a, a float Again, it wasn't Toby's fault. It was I. I was just missing some strikes. But man, when you've got six really nice fish, that that was that was great. It was a it was a good satisfying day. You remember the day we fished with Bob Granger in the Yellowstone? It was the first float you and I have ever taken back yeah. in the nineties? I think yeah. it was. I mean, we didn't catch a thing, did we? A couple couple uh, white yeah, fish. Yeah, some white fish. That was it. Maybe yeah. one brown. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. So you know, six fish was great. So you know, my final memory of the day is the final memory of. Almost every day when we f go out to Montana, it's food, <laughs> and uh, we don't go out to Sir Scott's Oasis oh, yes. every time oh, yes, we go that's out. Right. But um, we should, but we but don't. We, we try oh. to do it at least yeah, once. Once a trip, that um, is great. And so you know, we got out. We we put out a little bit earlier. We took out a little yep. bit earlier and uh, buzzed over there. Yeah. And uh, again, great steak, great seafood. Oh, I know. You know, funny thing about that. I remember um, I. Uh, our server, uh, Jackie, was uh, a gal that I, I had done her wedding. She and her husband, I, I did their wedding ceremony exactly 10 years before. It was their anniversary. So we're there in their anniversary. That's awesome. And I remember you took a picture of, uh, of Jackie and, and me. I'm standing there. The reason I bring that up is I look at that picture. Man, I look like a red raccoon. <laughs> I thought that I had enough sunscreen or sun protection on. I didn't. You know, you, you forget how it bounces off the water. Weren't and you wearing a gator though that bill. day? Or the... you know, no, I started wearing the gator the next year. Okay. I think. He had one on though. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why after that I thought, I got to get one of those gators. And then my, my son Luke uh, somehow ended up with one and gave it to me. But, but yeah, I remember looking at that picture like, man, I was just beat red with, uh, uh, you know, the where the sunglasses blocked the sun on my you know, on my eyes. So I, I had, you know, I had these white round circles by my eyes and I was beat red, but it was a great day. It was a super day. Yeah. And we always recommend that if you're going to do a fly fishing trip, you know, try to get three to four, maybe even five days 
at a shot and then one of them spend the money yep. and do a guided trip. You yeah, learn new waters, definitely. you learn new techniques, mm-hmm. and uh, often you catch fish. You really do. Well, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. We do enjoy reading your comments, your stories, your questions. Recently, our friend Glenn Zarboni, a fly fishing guide in the Adirondacks of New York State, shared a memorable day he had on the river, and this is what he writes. He said, one of the most memorable days on the water for me was last fall. I was fishing with a good buddy of mine for King Salmon on the Salmon River in Pulaski, New York. There was a group of us fishing, and at one point I had to stop and take in my surroundings. My buddy had invited his father and his uncle and a close older friend of theirs. I was with my son and two of his friends. I was walking up and down the bank making sure everyone was doing good, and I realized that we had four generations of fly fishers in our group, aging from teenagers to late 60s. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? That is really awesome. He says the three teenagers were all new to fly fishing. In fact, it was the first time they gave it a try. I remember that evening during a great meal. See, there's our theme, isn't it? The great meal motif, yes. Uh, During the great meal, watching the boys listen intently to the older guys in the group tell amazing stories of trips taken 50 years ago on that same river. I knew the boys were hooked. We all caught fish that day, but a new tradition had been started with the booking of a trip on that same river with the same group of people this fall. For me, it's not always about the fish. It's being with great people and watching them unite with a common interest. Boy, you can't say it better Man, than that. Man, uh, that is very well said. and that, that is. That's one of the joys of fly fishing, isn't it? And it's, uh, that's one of the reasons why Dave and I do this together. Uh, we, uh, we do enjoy uh, this, and at times we've uh, been able to pull family members into it. And it's, it's, uh, it's just a great thing. One of the biggest mistakes I think I've made, certainly with my daughter, maybe not so much with my two boys. I have two daughters. Um, she's now graduate. She just graduated from high school, going on to college. Is I didn't get her involved in fly fishing, and uh, we did other fishing with Grandpa uh, out in North Dakota, but I didn't get her hooked. And so I made the decision. I got a seven-year-old that. I am going to get her into fly fishing. In fact, tomorrow we're doing the Fisherama at the Wheaton Park District. And yes, it's you know, All right. little bass and little yeah. panfish. But you know, it's you know what That's... Glenn talks about um, is these great traditions. You have to start them out young, yep. and um, it's so important to the joy of fly fishing. Yeah, it really is. Well, that's going to do it for today. Tell us about a memorable or satisfying day you had on the river. What was it about that day that made it so great? Please share your thoughts with us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What is one of the most memorable days you've had fly fishing, and what makes that day stand out in your mind? Steve, I actually have another idea for a podcast. All right. Two guys and a meal. (laughs) That's right. Well, we're going to have to change our podcast yes, to that. Exactly. Yes, Two guys and a meal. Yes. And a good meal at Sir Scott's oh or something like that. Oh, okay. that's right. Yes. <laughs> okay, you can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to visit our podcast on iTunes and rate it, you know, by rating it and giving it good ratings. It helps others see it and uh, gives us higher ratings. And so we'd love for you to do that. Also, you can download a podcast app on your phone and receive our weekly podcast. That's how I listen to most of my podcasts. I don't do it 
you know, uh, in the browser on my computer, I do it uh, through my phone. So we'd love for you to uh, download uh, an app and listen to our podcast. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys and a meal. No. no. <laughs> two guys and a river. For the love of fly fishing. Of course, if you saw us, you'd probably think it was two guys and a meal. <laughs>